As I awaited my hearing and subsequent trial, so many thoughts floated around my head. I had a significant amount of time to evaluate my life. Most of what I thought about at first were my happiest times with Jake, the man I loved, the man I had unmasked my soul to. When you are in isolation, away from the person you love the most, all you can think about is them and all the moments that led up to meeting them. And I began backtracking, way before Jake, to the times before I met the master, the times that shaped me into the criminal I once was. Prison gives a person a lot of time to think and to just reflect on. And Veronica had just that. She had led a very eventful life. And thus she began recalling her earlier days, the events that led her to meeting the Master. Here we are with a younger Veronica, 21 years old. Her parents have both died from a mountaineering accident. My heartfelt condolences, Veronica. Thank you. My deepest sympathies, Veronica. They were good people. Thanks. As Veronica turns to leave the gravesite of her parents, someone else calls her name. Veronica? Mr. Clover. I knew your parents for a long time, my dear. Walk with me. They spoke a lot about you. Hmm, I'm sure. And with me, they spoke so highly of you. Me? As what? The rebel daughter? <laughs> well, that too. But they were very proud of you, you know. I'll never hear it from them now. Well, at least you're hearing it from me. They sent me off to boarding school. How on earth does that sound like they were proud of me? feels more like they couldn't stand the sight of me. My dear, I understand that you and your parents were never really close, but they loved you more than anything. As their lawyer, it is my duty to inform you that you will inherit a substantial amount of money. That's what inheritance means. <laughs> your parents, they may never have told you that they were proud of you. But what you do with your life from here on will determine how much prouder they could have been. You're talented, young lady. Make the best of it. <laughs> Goodbye, Veronica. Wait, Mr. Glover? Yes? Thank you for coming. Always, my dear. As Mr. Glover walked away, Veronica kept staring at him for a while. She looked around and realized that everyone at the funeral service was now gone. It was just her and the gravestones. As Veronica goes home that night, she feels her loneliness stronger than ever before. Although she was constantly away from her parents, she knew they were out there, a call, and she knew that someone would be there to pick her up, although the phone calls were quite rare. Still, knowing that her parents weren't around anymore weighed on Veronica a lot. 
Miss Kilter, can I get you some food? I'm not really hungry, Paul. I'm just going to go up to my room and get some rest. Very well, Miss Kilter. Who's that? Let me check. Yes? Hey, is this a Kilter residence? Yes, it is. And you are? I'm a friend of Veronica's. From college. Who is it, Paul? Says he's a friend of yours. Nick. Hey. Hey, Veronica. I came as soon as I heard. I'm sorry. That's all right. Come in. Shall I get you some tea? Yes, please. Nick, please sit. Where's Leanna? My sister's stuck with her psych exam this week. But she really wanted to come. It's okay. Told me to send her condolences. Thanks. Did you come here all the way from Florida? Yeah, I did. You drove? Yeah, my car's outside. Nick, you shouldn't have. Well, I wanted to. The college was going to send you a letter. I said I'll take it to you. A letter? Yeah, here you go. I don't know what it says. Thanks. Do you want to open it? Yeah, just give me... What does it say? It's... It's my results, and... What is it? They've agreed to accept me into the art program. You actually got in? <laughs> wow, Veronica. That's amazing. Yeah, I... My mom always wanted me to get into it. <laughs> hey, V? You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay, I just... I'm sorry. Everything okay, Miss Kilter? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Just got a bit emotional. She got into art school. Well, congratulations, Miss Kilter. Thanks, Paul. And thanks for bringing this, Nick. Come on now. Tea's ready, you two. Veronica and Nick sat there silently drinking their tea. Nick knew not to say anything further until Veronica spoke. And Veronica was far from speaking. Her mind was a knot of emotions. Once Nick said his goodbyes and left, Paul came back in. Nice lad. Drove all the way from Florida? Yeah, that's what it seems. I'm so happy you got into art school, Veronica. It's a pretty prestigious one. But did your parents know you had applied? My dad didn't. He wanted me to continue with applied physics. Mom was more accepting. She actually believed in me. I just wish she was here, Paul. Miss Kilter, the people we love are never gone, as long as there's a place for them in our hearts. And so the weeks passed. Veronica didn't go back to college since the art school had accepted her and the semester would begin in the fall. And as she prepared for it, the unexpected happened. Miss Kilter? Come in. Yes, Paul? What's up? Miss Kilter, Mr. Glover is here to see you. Okay, I'll be right there. Hello, Mr. Glover. It's good to see you again. Good to see you too, my dear. 
to what do I owe this visit? Well, I come bearing some very bad news. What's wrong? Your father's company has filed for bankruptcy. What? Why? Well, I think you are aware that the stock market has been on a steady decline. So many investors have pulled out. And just two days ago, someone authorized multiple transactions via your father's fingerprint. What? My father's fingerprint? Yes. The police have been on the case and they suspect foul play. Someone has obtained your father's fingerprint in order to make transfers worth millions. How can this happen? We still don't know, Veronica. But the damage is pretty much done. The company is in shambles. Oh my god. I'm so sorry to have to break this news to you. What about the insurance? Well, I have spoken to them, but since it was your father's print that was used, it's going to be very hard. Employee salaries are going to be the next problem. As Mr. Glover broke the news to Veronica, she didn't quite understand the gravity of the situation, but her entire inheritance itself was lost. Very soon, the company closed and the house was mortgaged to pay off the outstanding salaries. As a result, Veronica's chances of paying her art school fees were non-existent. A few weeks later, she converses with Paul. Paul, I could always go back to college. I suppose you could, Miss Kilter. I think my parents already paid the full tuition fee, did they not? They did. Miss Kilter, there's something else I need to talk to you about. What is it, Paul? Ever since the company went bankrupt, there's been no money flowing in. My family in England wants me back there. As much as I love being here, I'm unable to continue with my job. Oh. I'm terribly sorry, Miss Kilter, but my mother has taken ill, and it's just me and my sister in the family. She has her own family to run, which leaves me to look after my mother. I understand, Paul. It's all right. I apologize. Please don't, Paul. It's all right. And with that, Veronica lost her butler and friend, Paul. With nothing left, Veronica started taking public transit around. She had no idea what to do with her life anymore. If she was going to go back to college, she had to wait until the new semester started. Up until her parents' deaths, Veronica had been well-guarded. Her parents had picked out the best boarding schools. Whenever Veronica went out, she always had Paul trailing behind her. But now, Veronica's inexperience and innocence was about to become her biggest disadvantage. Sitting in the train back home, Veronica clutches her groceries, pretending to listen to music on her iPhone. The train is nearly empty, except for three men. Hey, hey lady. Hey. Unable to ignore the man looming over her, Veronica takes her earphones out. Can I help you? Can you help me? <laughs> Hear that boy? She's asking me if she can help me. <laughs> I don't know, sweetie. Can you help me? Veronica's stop approaches. Up next, White City Transit Station. Veronica prepares to leave the train. As she does, the man called Kyle grabs her arm. Hey, what's the hurry, Missy? Take your hand off me. Oh, why? Don't you want to come with us and have a little fun? 
Girl like you, we can show you around. Ain't that right, fellas? Yeah, that's right. How about we go a few stops further down, miss? Take your damn hand off me! Oh, shoot! She just smacked the hell out of you, dude! Bitch is about to pay. Let's get it. Veronica runs away from the three men, holding on to her groceries. Not used to running or evading people this way, Veronica slips a few times. But very soon, the three men are on her. Hey, didn't think we'd catch up to you, did you, girlie? Leave me alone! You are alone. As the men push Veronica like a ball passing from one man to the other, Veronica screams for help. Somebody help! This neighborhood's empty, girlie. Ain't nobody gonna hear you. Help! Uh, uh, uh. Grab her legs. No, please. No! Kyle grabs Veronica by the hands and Greg grabs her legs. Please, let me go. Uh, Stop struggling, uh, bitch. This will be over soon. The men rip her clothes off. Please, please don't do this. I promise please. you're going to like this. And then they take turns, each man raping Veronica, taking her from innocent girl to victim. By the time they are done raping and beating her, they leave her broken in the same alleyway. That'll teach you not to slap a real man again. Veronica's vision flutters and she drips in and out of consciousness. Too weak and battered to move, she lies there as it begins raining. The blood washes away and she finally loses consciousness. She is unaware of the shadow of a man looming towards her. He takes a long look at Veronica's nearly naked and broken body. No one sees the man. Neither do they see him pick up Veronica's body and walk away into the shadows from whence he came. When Veronica comes around, she does not immediately open her eyes. She hears the tick-tock of the clock next to her. She squirms a bit. Her entire body aches. And then she slowly pries open her eyes. She is in a white room, lit with ambient light. It's too bright for her eyes. She immediately closes them again and opens them back slower, allowing them to adjust to the brightness of the room. The first thought that runs across Veronica's mind finds its way out of her mouth. Am I dead? Far from it, child. Veronica turns to look at her savior, the man who took her from the alleyway and nursed her back to health. His eyes are deeper than the deepest wells. Veronica wonders if this is some kind of god or devil. And with that hesitant fear, she asks him. Who? Are you? You may call me master. I found you in the alley. Broken. Wh what happened? Do you not remember? Veronica hears flashes of the men's voices. 
I was... You were reborn. You were reborn, my child. You are akin to the phoenix. I found you broken. Merely dust. And from the dust, you have risen, my phoenix. Veronica doesn't know what to say. To her, it still feels like a dream. She slowly shifts back towards unconsciousness. And so Veronica stays in this state for the next few days. No one in the city wonders what happened to the daughter of the Kilters. Atlanta has already forgotten about her. Veronica awakes and is finally able to move. Who are you? Hey, my name's Stacy, but you can call me Kendall. Kendall? That's what the master calls me. Where is he? Oh, he's a uh, he's away on an assignment. I'll be taking care of you for now. Food? Thanks. How are you feeling? Painful. I heard what happened. I'm really sorry. Are you? What? Why are you sorry? You didn't rape me, did you? No. I don't need your apologies. Unless it was your fault and you can change it. I'm sorry, I, I really didn't mean to offend you. I mean, I, I know what it's like to be broken. And with that, Kendall pulls up her shirt, revealing a deep scar that runs from under her right breast, across her belly to her left hip. Veronica stops chewing and stares. Uncle, this is the least of what he did. Until the master saved me. I'm sorry. I didn't know. It's okay to be angry. I mean, I remember I was. Oh. Yeah. But don't worry. I got my revenge. Kendall pulls out a necklace and shows something hanging on it. Veronica looks closer and identifies it. Are those? Bones. From my uncle's finger. Did you... Yeah, he's not going to hurt anyone else ever again. Hey, don't worry. Everything will be fine. Now eat up. The master will be back in a few days. How did you do it? Sorry? Kill him. Oh, I broke his neck. As Veronica eats her food, she begins formulating in her mind the experience from memory. She has nightmares that night. She relives the same horrific experience. Kendall tends to the fever that breaks out afterwards. The next few days, Veronica spends in limbo, alone with her thoughts. The knowledge of losing her parents, her dignity, and everything that mattered in her life proved to be too much. And Veronica attempts to take her own life. What the hell are you doing? Oh my god. What have you done? Help! Let me die, please. Someone, bring me a first aid kit. Damn. Why? Why did you do this? No point, Kendall. No point of it all. As Veronica loses blood from her wrist, the world around her spins in slow motion. 
Here you go. Hold on, all right, Veronica? We won't let you go. And then Veronica loses consciousness again. Veronica has no idea how long she laid in bed for. When she wakes up again, she finds the master sitting beside her. Hello, Miss Kilter. How do you know my name? Who doesn't know the Kilters? Your parents were specially popular as travelers. I was sorry to hear about their death. Such a sad thing. Why am I here? What do you mean? Why didn't you leave me to die on that road? I was there to save you. This is your new fate. In my world, you're chosen. I can't save everyone, but when I do, I believe it's fate. Because I've got nothing to live for. That's why you slit your wrists? Veronica hangs her head. She sees that her wrists are heavily bandaged. You cut quite deep. Even with all those drugs to sedate you, you still manage to break that plate in order to take your own life. I find that fascinating. Why do you say that? It shows potential of who you can be. Potential? You were keen enough to take your own life, believing that there was nothing else to live for. What if I could give you purpose? Purpose to live again. How? You'll see, but only if you promise never to attempt suicide again. Okay. But what purpose? What more have I got to live for? I've lost everything. True. You're alive. Hold on to that. It's in tough times true character is born. You've survived everything, albeit with some help. But still, here you are, and that's all the reason you need to go on. I can teach you things that you never knew were possible. Like? You come from a very rich family, Miss Kilter. Unfortunately, we know the company went bankrupt. But how would you like to regain all that money? Make your parents proud. I... I don't know. I am telling you that it's possible. It's possible to get vengeance on those who took your dignity away from you. You already met Kendall. I'm sure she showed you her uncle's remains. I can teach you how to regain your dignity, to fight for what's yours. But only if you promise me never to try to take your own life again, and only if you promise me your loyalty and life to me. Veronica thinks, but there's not very much to think. She knows that on one hand, she has nothing to live for, and on the other, some hope for life that this weird man was offering her. Fine. I promise. I will not fail you, Miss Kilter. V. Sorry? V. I hear you give people code names. I want to be called V. Done. So it shall be V. Everyone else here, are they all like me? Yes and no. Some have faced less pain and others more. But you've all felt the wrath of society that abandoned them. That did nothing but kick them in the face and throw them in the dust. And from the dust... They are reborn. Yes, my child. Like you. We will take back what is ours by right. You, me and the others. We are family now. One that walks in the shadows and claims our right. One that the people will always wonder about but never realize. A mystery. Sounds good to me. 
How much longer do I have to be in bed? A few more days. And then you may join the others. Rest up. There's a lot for you to see and learn. Oh, and one more thing. Kendall says you didn't sleep well. I want you to try something. What's that? You still think you'll paint? Yeah. I will send you something tonight. Later that night, Kendall brings Veronica an easel and paints. She sets it up near Veronica's bed and hands everything over to her. What is this? The master asked me to bring you these. He said you'll know what to do. I was never much of a painter myself. Veronica looks at the utensils in front of her. <sighs> Thank you, Kendall. That night, Veronica paints. She paints like never before. The colors flow, the canvas transforms. She lets her emotions flow. All the anger, the frustration, the solitude, the shame. And then comes focus. All her emotions vented out, Veronica's strokes become more gentle, more pronounced, stable, and her artwork begins to take shape. That night, Veronica sleeps better than she has in her entire life. I see you slept well. Veronica is on her feet, adding the final touches to her artwork. She smiles at the master. Good morning, master. Yes, I did. Can I see? Sure. Oh, my. No wonder you got into art school. On the canvas, a semi-realistic artwork of a lonely alleyway. A woman stands at the far end. At her feet are three men bowing to her, and above her, the moon hangs in the sky. Very good. I'm proud of you, my child. Hearing those words, Veronica's eyes tear up. Never before had she heard them from her parents, but this unknown man just spoke what she had wanted to hear her entire life. Thank you, Master. Follow me, V. The master leads Veronica into a very large garage. These are my students, my children, my army. Veronica finds herself looking at young men and women, all pretty much her age, engaged in physical activity of some sort. Some of them train with weights, others train in martial arts, some others doing things that Veronica cannot yet comprehend. What do you think? Will I learn all this? Yes. Everything. I'm not sure if I can. Tell me, how do you feel since last night? I feel better. How do you feel since the first night? Actually, I feel great. Good. Now you can do anything. We begin now. Now? What do we begin now? The master turns to her with a smile. Your training. 